Disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guest and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. This is Tony's Game Lounge, a podcast with a variety of guests from all over the internet talking all things in the gaming industry. Here's your host, Tony Erickson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode here in the Game Lounge, Tony's Game Lounge. That's the name of the show. I'm your host, as always, Tony Erickson, and joining me this week, he doesn't like to give scores, hence his name, it's Mr. No Score himself, Nick Green. Hello, Tony, I'm back. He's back! It's been too long. It's been too long, even though I think you've been on, like, the past, even though you've been, like, a consecutive guest for, like, a couple seasons now. Yeah, I, I do <laughs> I do pop up every now and then, I'm a, I'm a return guest uh, but I do like being on, and it's uh, it feels like uh, eons of time pass between <laughs> each each little uh, pop up I have. Not not slighting you, it's just I, I miss <laughs> I miss my boy Tony. So always yes. happy to make a return to the game lounge. Well, we're always happy to have you here, Nick. We're always it's always a joy to bring you in here. And I'm excited to uh, talk video games. Yes, I am too. And starting off with uh, some video game news, our headline of the week, uh, the announcement of some announcements. Pokemon Presents is having a huge 35-minute show next week on August 8th, 6 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Mountain, 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Eastern, or 10 a.m. Atlantic, depending on what North American time zone you might be in. And uh, what we... I think will be shown Detective Pikachu Returns probably the Scarlet and Violet DLC probably like two minutes of Pokemon Sleep and be like hey how is your sleeping going remember it's out now probably a short thing on Pokemon Masters EX uh, Pokemon Cafe Remix I, th- I think that's all the, the current active games that Pokemon has going maybe on maybe a Pokemon Home update probably a baby Pokemon Home update much. I mean, I'm, they, they don't talk much about Pokemon Home, which is weird. Well, like, that's always... all about to change with this Pokemon <laughs> Presents. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, it's that's exclusively what... Pokemon Home. Exclusively Pokemon. Imagine. <laughs> it's like, hey, guys, Pokemon we're giving home. away a whole bunch of mythical Pokemon that you probably don't have. If they did that, I would shit my pants. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. You, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, Tony's so. a man of his word. <laughs> I am. I, I I poop on command. I... <laughs> oh my god! Oh lord! But yeah, I'm. Uh, I feel like the bulk of the show is going to be dedicated to the first part of the Scarlet Violet DLC, uh, the Jade Mask. I think is what it's called. I still haven't pre-ordered it, which is surprising for me because I usually I pre-ordered the Sword and Shield DLC immediately, but uh, I I haven't pre-ordered the DLC yet. Which I'm so that just happenstance, or is that a sign of your uh, dwindling faith? Yeah, I would say it's dwindling because I played when I when I got Scarlet and Violet and picked it up. I didn't put that down until I was done. Like I like Scarlet and Violet were great. Like mind minus the like few graphical issues that the game had um, performance and a few performance issues that the game had. The game was really good. I enjoyed Scarlet and Violet a lot. I I don't think we'll. I don't. I I I I would like to see like a new game reveal 
That would be cool right. because obviously with Scarlet Violet stuff coming out this year, uh, I feel like next year we're going to see the next mainline entry. So people are suspecting black and white remakes because they've been oh, doing okay. a thing of like new game remakes, new game remakes. So logically, it will either if history be has any sort of uh, bearing on the yeah the, the things to come. Yeah, it'll either be black and white remakes or it'll be Johto. Re- it'll be a Heart Gold Soul Silver, a remake of a remake. <laughs> Perfect. That would go. That would almost go very fitting with the announcement of the announcement for this Pokemon. Exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> Yo, Pokemon's on it this year. Let's go. But yeah, that's uh, we'll have more next week when we're with our other guest next week, our um, our mutual friend Cole. He's oh, okay. uh, I'm gonna drop that tease right now. Cole's coming on next week. He's back after like a five season hiatus from the game lounge. He's, he's coming back. He's probably had a bigger uh, gap than I have. Yeah, <laughs> one of the biggest guest gaps we've had of like y- y- good old season one and two people. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he, he Cole's coming back next week. Uh, look forward to that. Uh, and uh, let, let's figure out what else happened this week. Let's dive into the week in review. Recapping the news of last week from major studio highs and lows, TCG updates, board games, and MMOs, this is the Week in Review. Starting off with the games that came out last week. The biggest game drop for a lot of people. Baldur's Gate 3, officially out of early access. Full release, out now. You can have sex with bears. (laughs) Damn it, I was going to say that. I was going to say, we can finally fornicate with... Uh, druid in wild shape to our heart's content. Yep. I I read this one thing on Twitter. I think it was. It's like, I love Baldur's Gate 3 so much. I killed a woman to rob her of her things, use Revivify, and gaslit her to thinking I saved her. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And it's like, oh my god, okay. Uh, we also had Tiny Thor release and F1 Manager 2023. In the world of video game news, uh, that's a duplicate, don't need that. Dead by Daylight has announced their next killer is the alien Xenomorph. Hell yeah. Which I'm like, wow, I it's about time. That's exciting for all the people playing killers and horrifying for all the people playing victims or uh, whatever you call the, the humans. Survivors. Survivors, that's the one, yeah. I uh, I look forward to uh, seeing and encountering the alien because I'm hoping to jump back into some more DBD this fall, hopefully. Uh, is some Xbox Game Pass news. Celeste and a short hike were added oh, to, to Game Pass. Uh, and also, praise within me. the next week, uh, Limbo, Broforce Forever, Airborne Kingdom, and Everspace are going to all be on Game Pass as well. Great games. Great lineup. All great games. Uh, speaking of... Well, I mean, speaking of not so great games, however, uh, in layoff news, Striking Distance Studios, the people who gave us the Callisto Protocol, a game that looked so good and so promising, but didn't do great on release, they've laid off 32 employees of their initial, I believe they had 144. So Damn, that's like one six, one, one, three, nine, twelve. Like a quarter of their, do the math. A, yeah. fifth, a fifth, a fifth of their employees. 
So, oof, you hate to see it. In Italian parliament news, but not <laughs> Italian parliament, um, which you'll understand when we get to the kicker. A recent corner-to-corner Street Fighter tournament, which is a weekly online tournament series that features some of Europe's best players, okay. they had a scandal. And not like, oh, X player was cheating on X player's girlfriend. No. Uh, on the console that two of these players were using, it had an active nude Chun-Li mod on. Oh, great. And it broadcasted. Oh, no. Like, they oh go into God. the match, and Chun-Li is showing it all. It's just like, oh, it's the Full Italian frontal. parliament all again, all over again. Which, for Jesus. those who don't get that, Tifa, a Tifa Rule 34 scene was shown in, was, like, hacked into Italian parliament or something Excellent. like that. It, it was Good funny. It, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, so it happened again, except I, I feel like Europe just needs to get a hold of their horniness. <laughs> People just need to stop, like, broadcasting uh, nude video game players. That too. Or characters. That too. Uh, in some Ubisoft news, Ubisoft says that Assassin's Creed Mirage is only 20 to 30 hours long. When okay, that that's, game eventually uh, drops. I mean, only 30, like, 25 hours still feels like a pretty chunky game. It does, know, it but... on it, what you have on your plate. Will that justify the price, though? That's the question. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think that when it comes down to a price point, I think playtime is but one aspect because if you're really getting a lot of quality in those 25 to 30 hours, then then I think it's warranted. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And lastly, in some regular video game news, Devolver Digital, they're holding a Devolver Delayed showcase on August 7th, which I love the name. So on brand for Devolver. Yeah, so they'll be showcasing all the games that were set to come out this year, (laughs) but are getting delayed into next year, which I think is hilarious and really really great. It's a great way to do this, I think. I I don't know that that any other developer could get away with something like this. Like and have it be like memed and joked about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Devolver is really one of the only ones that could get away with this. But honestly, yeah. I would love to see like Xbox or PlayStation do something like this, just because <laughs> I think it'd be funny as shit. Yeah, and yeah. It would be like the biggest. They'd play like, it way more straight based, though. It would just be like very professional. Like, sorry, we can't deliver on these games. It's not like this big fun eventized thing that Devolver is doing. <laughs> Very true. Very true. So good on you, Devolver. We love to see it. Um, In our live service game news, we got a lot. First off, you'll be hearing this for weeks to come. Final Fantasy XIV News Dawn Trail. That was announced back at FanFest. Set for summer 2024 release. We're going up to level 100. Two new DPS classes getting added. A graphics overhaul, which means a performance overhaul. And also... Uh, this October, 6.5 Growing Light releases uh, in 6.55, the last patch for uh, Endwalker, will be releasing in mid-January 2024. We're getting the final Alliance raid uh, for the 6.0 series. Uh, we're going to have duty support available in every dungeon as well. Uh, we're getting Fall Guys 
And Final Fantasy XIV collabs both the ways. Most important news. Yeah, but both ways. Uh, we're getting like We're a both ways. Oh, you, you. Okay, so what's what's happening in the Final Fantasy game? Are we just gonna get a horrific Bean Man? So first, the Bean Men. Uh, they're taking on the clothing of Alice, Alphano, Astinian, uh, I believe a Tonberry, a Chocobo, and a Moogle. Okay. okay. I don't I, I don't remember all of them, but like Alfino, Alice, and Astinian, and a Chocobo, I know for sure. Uh, but the other way around, uh, in the Gold Saucer, the place for all the mini games, we're going to be getting a special instances of playing the Fall Guys courses as our Final oh, Fantasy fourteen cool. characters. That's actually really sweet. I thought it was just going to be like a horrific, like 400 foot tall bean man that you had to fight or something. I mean, dude, I, I feel like we might get a bean. Um, oh, what are they called? Minion? <laughs> that would to, be good. To have too, us actually. follow us around. I feel like yeah. we might get that uh, out of this and maybe a mount as well. I feel like Yoshi P would give us a bean mount. I think this is a untapped well of potential for when the Fall Guys like uh, popularity starts to dwindle. Is instead <laughs> of bringing more iconic video game characters into Fall Guys, you, you go just, the other way. Yeah, exactly. Fall Guy into yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and an awesome development. Uh, Yoshi P, the developer of Final Fantasy fourteen, and Yoshi P, the developer of Final Fantasy sixteen. Same guy, by the way, but. Just, just go <laughs> with the joke. Uh, the, the two Yoshi P's, they finally got to meet at FanFest and they both talked and the talks went well and they both confirmed that there's going to be a Final Fantasy 14 and Final Fantasy 16 collab event happening soon. We don't actually know when it'll happen, but like the Fall Guys one, it'll probably go both ways. Um, so that'll be sick. I don't know what they would do t- uh, for Final Fantasy 14 coming to 16. Uh, so, but the other way around, I know that when they had the Final Fantasy 15 event, they gave us the regalia car as a mount. Um, and I don't know what else they actually did because I wasn't a player, at, uh, for the game at that time. Uh, lastly, of course, uh, also with the 6.5, we, you can now play an expanded free trial once the 6.5 releases. So not, so you can play the entirety of Final, well, not the entirety, but you can play Final Fantasy XIV for free, featuring the entirety of A Realm Reborn, the award-winning Heavensward, and the award-winning Stormblood expansion, all the way up to level 70, with no restrictions on playtime. And also, in the new year, I believe when 6.55 comes out, uh, Final Fantasy XIV will be on Xbox. In Battle Royale news, Apex Legends Season 18 is going live next week on August 8th. Fortnite is adding a museum about the Holocaust. It will be similar to its uh, Martin Luther King exhibit that it did a long time ago. Fuck. Yeah, so now you can... uh, That is so weird. Yeah, so now you can witness the Holocaust. Maybe not witness the Holocaust. No, 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 no. (laughs) I really hope that's not the case. But you You can definitely go learn about the Holocaust. You can learn about the Holocaust. I believe they'll have some photos of, like, what they took, obviously. They're not going to have it reenacted in Fortnite. If they did, that's sick Fortnite. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Well, like, I mean, it, it sounds like they're trying to do, like, a good thing, like an educational digital seminar experience type thing. But it's still so fucking weird to do this type of shit in Fortnite, a game for kids. Well, I mean, so it's the, they got to educate the kids if they don't come to school. I guess they got to so. send yeah. the school sure. to the games. Sure. 
Uh, and lastly, Jujutsu Kaisen is coming to Fortnite, and also Terminator was added to Fortnite recently as well. In the world of Hoyaverse games, Genshin Impact 4.0 is set for August 16th, adding the brand new region of Fontaine and a whole shit ton of new characters. And in the Honkai Star Rail stuff, Kafka releases on August 9th. That's her banner. Everybody's favorite space mommy is now pullable. All those gems and tickets you've been saving up to pull for her, you can start to use, you filthy animals. <laughs> Also, there's a new web event going on where you can get a hundred, a uh, hundred gems, a hundred stellar stellar gems, uh, by just uh, clicking dialogue options and watching parody movie, looking at parody movie posters that are used with the stellar on hunters Kafka, Silver Wolf, and Blade. And lastly, in Destiny Two news, Bungie dropped a massive state of game post for Destiny Two, uh, which. Uh, is uh, set for August 22nd, which is when all these will kick in, because that's when, apparently, uh, so that's when the next season starts, which will include uh, fucking the new, I believe the new, oh, was it the shape of, some, the new expansion, the, the fi- like the final shape, or something like that. Um, some major, pa- inclu- major changes include some path- Pathfinder replacing bounties, three new strand aspects coming to each of the classes, a ritual armor set, new weapon subfamilies, no power cap increase, and a lot more. You can read the whole report probably on the Destiny or the Bungie 2 website or wherever you get your Bungie Destiny 2 news. Uh, in the world of TCG, with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet Obsidian Flames around the corner, August 11th is the full release for that. And the Scarlet and Violet 151 pre-orders. People are pre-ordering that shit like crazy. That releases September 22nd. Uh, no Master Duel updates to report on it, but in the Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG world, the Speed Duel Streets of Battle City box set releases August 24th, the Crimson King Structure Deck on September 21st, and the 25th Anniversary Tin for Dueling Heroes on the 7th of September. And in Magic the Gathering, the Commander Masters is out right now for you to collect and buy and all of that stuff. Wilds of Eldraine releases September 8th, Doctor Who Commander decks on October 13th, and the Lost Caverns of Ixalan are yet to be determined. I still haven't looked to see if they have a date yet. I should have, but I forgot. And also, in an update to the One Ring that was found in Canada, it's been sold! The owner of the One Ring, who bought it for $2 million, is Post Malone. (laughs) Big... Big Magic the Gathering fan, apparently. He, he is. He, he's a huge... Like, I remember a video surfacing of him like a couple of years ago where he just walks into a card shop and buys like almost like a hundred grand worth of cards. Jesus Christ. Like, he's a huge Magic the Gathering fan. So honestly, it's in good hands. It's, it, with, it's with a fan. And we also got to know the identity of the person who pulled the card from the special edition of it. it the guy's name is Brooke Trafton. Uh, some he's a Canadian and he was the guy who pulled it and he is now two million or probably like one point five million because of taxes uh, dollars richer. So good good job on selling it and uh, he also got to meet Post Malone and let's be real I think Post probably gave him like tickets. I if, if I was if if I was to receive this like big of a card and you know pay I I feel like he maybe threw in some concert tickets or something as well. Yeah. It's funny the video watching the guy pull it and his hands shaking so much. 
It's hilarious. It is. Uh, in the board game tabletop news, we actually have some this week, which has been a while since we've had some. Level 99, they're launching a Kickstarter campaign uh, late August on the 22nd for the Guilty Gear board game. The final product is set to include 20 characters to play. It's going to be a card, a deck-based game, so 695 cards total, two play mats, a beaut- and some uh, cool little metal engraved coins. Uh, I'm gonna definitely talk to my boy Zach about that one because he's a he's a fighting game fan. He's a Guilty Gear fan. Uh, I can't wait to see how a fighting game adapts into a board game. <laughs> well, and I'm also so confused as to how the next game is being adapted. Yeah, Call of Duty is getting a board game. It's uh, wa- it's launched on Kickstarter. If it gets fully funded, it will be released in quarter four of 2024. We don't know many details about it other than it being like some sort of strategy game, I think. Oh, that's so weird, man. Just basically probably slapping the Call of Duty brand on it, I imagine, just so it can sell more. Probably, I I don't know. It looks like they, they like want to like make like little figurines of like the characters from the series. I don't know okay. exactly. We don't know. We didn't know much. Like from the articles I read, we don't know a whole whole lot. But I'm sure that if you go to the Kickstarter, it might give some more details on what's set for the Call of Duty board game. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. It comes with uh, its own handgun, fully loaded <laughs> and ready to use. Jesus. Uh, that's everything with the week in review. A pretty tame week all around. So yeah, with that, it's time for us to now head on into uh, the next part of the show where we look ahead to see what games are coming out. Here's what should be on your radar from August 7th to 13th. From upcoming AAA titles, promising indies, and the random shovelware, here's what should be on your radar. And kicking it off, no games on the Monday as usual, but on Tuesday, Tower of Fantasy makes its way to the PlayStation 5 as that game is celebrating like one whole year of uh, existing. Uh, Gord comes out for the PlayStation 5, Series X, and PC, and WrestleQuest comes out on everything. On Wednesday, 3XX releases for the Switch and PC, and Legend Bowl releases on every console. On Thursday, Atlas Fallen makes its way to the PlayStation 5, Series X, and PC. Stray makes its way to the Xbox systems, finally. Hell yeah. And and Stray Gods, the role-playing musical, releases on everything. And on Friday, House Flipper comes out for the VR systems, PlayStation VR and VR 2. And Way of the Hunter, the Ticket Moon Plains DLC, comes to the PC, PS5, and Series X. Um, biggest games this week, uh, obviously indie games, indie fans who are on Xbox can finally play Stray. If they yeah, that's the waiting. biggest one for me. I would say, I'm happy more people are going to be able to play that one. Yeah, definitely. If you want to hear more about Stray, then yeah, do I have a place look- for you to go? <laughs> what do we have the plug for you? We reviewed it on uh, the No Score Review Show. It was actually the very first episode. The very the first episode, show. and I haven't been brought back yet. Yeah. <laughs> It just goes to show how how well that review was. <laughs> you see, I, no. I saw that Stray was actually coming out this week. I'm like, oh, I should go rewatch that episode, and I did. I actually rewatched it. Again. I I, yeah, I really still good, cherish that episode. That it's also probably one of the hev- most heavily edited episodes as well, because I was trying to do so many things with like the video aspect of it and all that. 
And I, I still love it. I still love it a lot. If I had more time for the editing process, I would probably do something similar. But yeah, if Game you want to go cats, cat is cute. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go check out that episode of the review show if you want more thoughts from me and Tony on straight. Great game. Great game. Fantastic game. Fantastic game. It, 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 it won uh, Indie Game of the Year. It sure did. Yep. I think it sure. won both Indie Awards that year as well. So yeah, it swept. It, it did. It That it did. Whether it was deserving was a different. I mean, uh, here, that, the, the, I'm going to. I think I said it. I think I don't know if I've ever, I don't think I said it to you, but I said it before that the indie game category last year at the Game Awards was was stacked. amazing. It was yeah. such amazing. a good, amazing. Like so many. Good, you had that. You had Tunic. You had Neon White. You had yeah. Cult of the Lamb. You had mm. something else. I can't remember what that last game was. I think the last game was like the weakest of everything, but the other ones so good. It was an inscription, was it? Oh, it might have been Inscription, actually. No. No, Wait. that was the year before. Sure. Yeah, that was the year before. Inscription was the year before. I don't remember what the last one was, but it's okay. I'm not going to let it eat at me. Uh, <laughs> with that, uh, it's time for us to now dive into our main focus and talk about what we're talking about this week at the Game Lounge. Covering anything from modern and retro games to the hard-hitting questions that define the gaming world, here's what's going down this week in the Game Lounge. And we're starting off with uh, an interesting category if you want to kick it off for us, Nick. Yeah, sure. So I uh, I was just like perusing through the uh, game marketplaces, the various marketplaces that I have access to. And uh, I have added a couple things to my wish list that I don't typically like go into uh, genre wise for video games. Um Dredge was one that came up a while back, uh, is like a Lovecraftian horror fishing game. Um, and it just really caught my eye. I still have yet to uh, get it and play it, but I heard nothing but good things. I think it's overwhelmingly positive uh, on Steam currently. Yes, I believe so. Um, high, high review scores for that uh, and praise. Um, and that just kind of kicked kicked off things and i also had a resurgence of playing uh rocket league uh with some friends (laughs) so that's been a fun time and that those kind of that one two punch kind of sent me on a uh path knowledge path of just thinking like what what are some game genres that you typically avoid or don't tend to like gravitate toward simply just because of the nature of the game genre um, and then what would uh, get you to like, like potentially even buy a game and actually play it? Um, so, yeah. It's a good, it's a good question. Uh, for me, obviously, and I, I've said this a lot. I'm not a big fan of horror games. I can't do horror games, but it's like, what do you do to make me play it? Make the game less scary, but then that removes the whole point of yeah. playing the game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but another one for me is uh, first-person shooters. I used to be so big on them, but now I'm like, I barely play totally. like first-person shooters. Like I still play some first-person perspective games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like comparatively, I don't play as many first-person shooters anymore. Right. And it's I feel like the gameplay for shooters has just gotten so dry recently, and like no one's doing yeah. anything to spice it up. Yeah, yeah. It's either gone. I feel. All the popular ones are either like 
competitive hero shooters or competitive like simmy like shooters you know yeah like tarkov and all those and like even uh rainbow six um those are like very immersive highly competitive and then there's the like uh more uh entry-level market with like call of duty and halo and then like apex and fortnite although fortnite's more of a third person but yeah uh, yeah, it's there's not a ton because like they've kind of put the the campaigns to the wayside for uh, first person games nowadays. It feels like yeah, like, it every was like Call very of Duty would come with a campaign. Yeah, because it was it's very like problem with that because it's like when you think about when Halo Infinite launched, it launched the multiplayer first. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then the campaign came out. I think it was the camp. It was only like a week or something delay. No, it was like a month behind that yeah it was something like that yeah yeah right they well, released it like a week early earlier. access beta too for the yeah or something but, but but still it's like it definitely showed that and then when they released the campaign they're like oh it was fun to do like play it but like the story sucked yeah 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 for sure i've actually gone back to uh the soundtrack for halo infinite i have like i won't be surprised if that soundtrack is in my spotify wrapped by the end of the year because i have like put in work with that that album that soundtrack wow. like it is like i love it so much it is such a it's one i think it might be my favorite part of halo infinite overall um and i think that it almost redeems it almost uh to being <laughs> a good game um but yeah i was pretty underwhelmed by the story for that one and i'm also just sad that we don't get many first person like story first person shooter i guess specifically uh story like campaigns or whatever like you got like the borderlands series and tiny tina's wonderlands did a great job like last year uh the only thing with that game and it wasn't the story that like killed it. i think the story was like all right uh by borderlands standards uh, but like definitely a big thing that drove me to just like not care about that game were the chaos levels uh, with the post game stuff because it's like oh cool you beat the game now do the chaos levels and like what are the chaos levels oh it's just waves of enemies get at a higher difficulty that you gotta do 20 fucking times <laughs> <laughs> I did it I have the platinum trophy to prove I did it but holy fuck <laughs> You're a changed man after that. After I that am. I really am. Yeah. I, uh, a couple genres, like, I mean, I'll just go a little bit more into depth with, uh, some of those genres I spoke to, like sports and fishing games specifically. Like, fishing is usually a, like, mini game. Yeah. In, uh, in games, but there are, like, full on, like, sim fishing games. Yeah, and Dredge is the first one that has it as like a primary game mechanic that actually com like compelled me to wishlist it and want to play it. It like uh, the easy way to get me interested in any game, regardless of genre, is art style. Like if you have a beautifully done, like really captivating art style, uh, I'm like signed up immediately, pretty much. Uh, it can be whatever it is. Like even like uh, turn-based strategy is another genre I avoid like almost entirely. But like uh, there's an indie game, Dorf Romantic on uh, Steam. Oh, dude, it's I like, got, I oh my, yo, spe I I got Dorf Romantic when it was on, got it? for sale on the Steam store. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It I don't know what drew so me to good. it. I'm just like, yo, this looks 
interesting and calming. It's something I could kill time with, and I got it, and totally. I, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, man, that was that's high on my list uh, to play for sure because it it's not just like turn based strategy, but it also combines like a city builder and like puzzle into it. Plus, the art style again is just like so gorgeous, and it's such like got a, a really calming like aesthetic and atmosphere to it and it's like a kind of arcadey as well with totally. like how the with how like games of it go which is like mm-hmm. a nice draw for it, draw for it as well totally yeah but yeah like other turn-based strategies uh like wild frost is another one that's more of like a card builder deck battler type game uh avoid those pretty much like i mean i also just know next to nothing about those types of game other than like inscription was the only thing most recently um but wild frost looks really cool uh just from an art style standpoint uh, i don't don't know if it's gotten like great reviews i think it's like mostly positive uh for now i think they're still working on like getting fixes for everything but if it uh, <clears throat> gets a lot of fixes and becomes a little bit more polished, then that might be something I definitely check out. Just from art style alone, it just looks like a really nice uh, art style. And then, like another reason, some of these genres will turn uh, like interest me is uh, like multiplayer aspect. Like playing with friends is another like big one. Like I've got a few friends that play Divinity Original Sin two, and like I've gotten into the D and D. Uh, world a little bit more so like that's become uh more uh engaging and like interesting to me as well whereas like before i don't think i probably would have bought a like top-down turn-based strategy uh rpg necessarily on my own um so if it's got like a multiplayer aspect for sure i would uh, yeah definitely because like especially with like rocket league too going back to rocket league like <laughs> that i i'm not a big sports person guy but like that game just flips the whole genre in its head it's because it's like what if we added rocket cars to this like it, it makes it a completely unique game i definitely agree with you like with the sports sports game aspect i don't care for many sports games like i think the most like realistic sports game i fully enjoy are the 2004 through 6 tiger woods games Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just because I, I like the way they control, but like sure. when it comes to sports games, I'm like, well, if it's not Mario or Wii Sports, yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally, yeah, yeah. Bringing it into like an iconic franchise uh, would definitely get me more interested. I think it's probably a little easier with the like Mario characters for sure. Like having Kratos or Master Chief uh do nine holes of golf <laughs> i mean it'd be hilarious but not exactly uh within the realm of possibility yeah congratulations um, mario you cleared basketball dodgeball hockey and these other two sports yeah <laughs> time to go fight behemoth from final fantasy what, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that is, that's the thing that happens in mario sports mix <laughs> I, I kid you not that like you finish all the sports you, you go fight the behemoth oh my god well, what else is there left to do, really? <laughs> True. I guess you're right. I've done all the sports. Time to go... Face a monstrosity. Play a monstrosity. Yeah. Time to go save yeah. the universe from Behemoth again. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to yeah, go back I... on that fishing genre, actually. Oh, I sure, have yeah. two, I have two games I could highly recommend uh, that okay. are fishing games that are like not, not as boring as the fishing sim. So the first one... Is, it actually came to mind. I'm like, oh, I finally got the code for this because Sega a while back 
they were like, hey, you sign up for our newsletter. We'll give you a game for free. I'm like, oh, cool. And the game was Sega Bass Pro, Sega Pro Bass Fishing, Bass Pro Fishing, the, the Sega Bass Fishing. And it's wacky, arcadey, and got a killer soundtrack to this Dreamcast era game. And the second one, the second fishing game, it's it's great. You play as this uh, this big purple cat. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sorry. As you fish for a frog. You fish for a frog. What what is this game? Sonic Adventure. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is Sonic, a core mechanic of the game. This is yeah. So Sonic Adventure. I, have you ever played Sonic? Did you ever play Sonic Adventure DX growing up at all? Tony, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I don't think I've played a single Sonic game. Well, you gotta change that, sir. And Sonic <laughs> Adventure DX is the place to start. Let me all tell right. you. You get six. It's a. It's a pretty good. Like honestly, nostalgia. If you, nostalgia some people say nostalgia blinds, but honestly, it's a. It's a solid game. It holds up. Sick, you get to play as six characters Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Amy, Big the Cat, and Gamma, a robot. The cat's yeah. name is Big? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a big purple cat, and they named him Big. And he's voiced by Duke Nukem. Hey, oh, okay, great. Oh Hi, Froggy. This game. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. And you, I'm all you out of bubblegum. You a giant oak orca whale? Am I no, seeing this right? Oh, you get chased by an orca whale. Oh my god. That's like the first stage. It's like it's like people are like, whoa when it first happened. And I oh mean like god. it's a Sonic game. It's always it's on sale a lot of the time. It's pretty dirt cheap too. But basically Jesus. They took the Sega Pro Bass Fishing Mechanic and put it into Big the Cat. And that's all of his levels is to fish for Froggy. And he has a boss fight at the end where you gotta fight this liquid boss and you gotta cast your line to ca- get Froggy out of him. Oh my god. It's uh, it's kind of... It's a wild game. It's a great game. Uh, highly, I highly recommend that. And of course, it's sequel Sonic Adventure 2 which introduced all, all the entire world to Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that's... Whatever the equivalent to... Uh, like, the video game equivalent is to the phrase that cinema is, I want to say that for that because <laughs> that yes. is just, that's art and then they release shout of the hedgehog where he goes where's that damn fourth chaos emerald and he shoots the president <laughs> oh god peak gaming right there ladies and gentlemen <laughs> peak gaming oh actually so you know what i have to correct myself i have played a single sonic game sonic heroes oh okay that was all right yeah, where you like have different teams of Sonic characters and you go through different like racing stages or whatever. Yep, you go that through it's uh two two acts per like theme of area and then right. a boss. Uh, it's it, it, like you know it's and each each team it's the same stages. It's mm-hmm. just team Sonic is normal, team Dark the stages are longer, team Rose the stages are shorter and team Chaotix has weird tasks that they make you do like find 70 chow. Put out all the flames. Destroy capsules. Get to the oh, stage this is before. Big the cat. The... Oh, okay. Yeah, Big the Cat was in that one too. Okay, cool, 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 cool. He does body slams, and you get speed boosts from it. So funny. He looks like he took too much ketamine or something. Ketamine? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, 
Is there a game in a, in a genre that you love that you just cannot play? That you don't game in a genre I love that I can't. Oh yes, there is actually. Ooh. There's actually probably a couple. So I like. I don't know if I have a huge breadth of knowledge of Metroidvanias, but I do like the genre for what I've played. Um, but I don't think I will ever finish Hollow Knight. What do you mean? It is just so fucking hard, Tony. It is. I can't. I just can't bring myself to it. I'm gonna spend two. I'm gonna go gray, and I'm gonna develop stress disorders if I put myself through it. I look. I like, here's the thing. People people said that they compared that game to Soulsborns, and you know what? I, I, when I first started that, I thought that they did too. But I got better, and I overcame these obstacles. <laughs> and I'm a guy who has no patience for Soulsborns. I played Bloodborne. I was stuck in the first area for like 30 minutes, and I gave up. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah. Hollow Knight is you got you got you got to overcome this man. I I don't know, man. I it's a tough. It's a big. It is big tough. Hill to climb. It's tough, I, uh, but like you got, you just gotta like play it consistent. Like more. I've and made. More. I feel like I've made a good chunk of progress too. Like I think I've played about thirty hours or so, and yeah, I think the bosses I can recall currently that I'm stuck on are the twin beetle guys or whatever, like the bouncing ball beetle, uh, brothers or whatever they're called. Is it just um, two of them, or is it like a whole army of like? Uh, um, it might be. Well, I feel like it might start as two, and then it they like multiply or something. I'm trying to remember that one. Um, I, I think I know, you know which one you're talking about for that one. Is it like? Is it in that like old tower that you have to climb? Yeah, I think so. I yeah, like so I it's not just two; high. it's like five. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. Um, and then another one was. I'm one gonna of tell you the... this: the boss after those guys is not is not any better. <laughs> Of course. See, see, this is the problem. Like that one. Like I will say that there are some difficult motherfuckers in that game, and those two are two of the fucking worst ones. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll take some solace in that then. Um, but then one of the other ones was I think it's for the like soul nail dimension or whatever. Uh, oh, like orange yeah. goopy dimension, the dream dimension, the dream. Yeah. Nail. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, I don't remember which one specifically, but uh, it's just one of those guys. Yeah, those ones are usually pretty trickier. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, Hollow Knight. I freaking love that game to death. That's another soundtrack I've been putting on repeat a lot this year. Um, and, man, art style, game, like, soundtrack, sound design. At the actual, like, uh, game mechanics of everything are great and feels so good, so crisp. But... Man, I just I don't know if I can bring myself to finish it. We'll Man. see. That one in Cuphead actually is another one that. Okay, Cup, Cuphead. I feel I because Cuphead's rough. Yeah. I, I won't even try Cuphead because I'm like yeah. I've seen so many people play that. I'm like, okay, and yeah, it no, sucks, I'm, man. Because like I freaking love the art, the art style, and the it's, like. It's so cool. It's so good, and it's such a unique thing. Like these people hand, drew, like drew, all of these like amazing cartoon characters and it feels straight out of a looney tunes short you know like it's so cool but it's so freaking hard uh yeah i think those are my two for sure yeah for me and i I know i'm gonna get a lot of flags this i love like third person action adventure games okay jedi fallen order and horizon zero dawn okay 
You know what? I won't give you any flack for either of those, really. Really? Um, but you fall in order. I am looking back on with rose-colored glasses, I think. Because, I mean, I also think I was one of the lucky few that didn't have that many technical problems when that game came out. I, think see, I didn't have up. any technical problems with it. It's like, I get, I, I do the tutorial. I enjoyed the tutorial, like, whole level sequence thing. Okay. But, like, the second you get to that first, like, world, you actually get to, like, explore and stuff. Right. I didn't like it. I, I it was like... Oh, so it wasn't even, like, a difficulty thing or, like, no. a technical thing? No, it w- like, that. it wasn't Whoa. even that. Like, yeah, I struggled on the fir- that little boss in the cave. Like, it took me, like, right. three, tri- three, a couple tries for him. But, like, even... Like, it, it wasn't even the difficulty or any of that. It's Whoa. just, like... Oh, okay, that's interesting. Because that's, like, the, the, the typical... You would think that's why you're not into it, but, like... Damn. Okay. And what, so, what was it? You just like the the world design didn't grab you, or I, I think that's part of it. The story also. I I don't I like. I enjoy Star Wars, but I think it's like I don't enjoy. It's like I I think it's with this game. I realized I don't enjoy Star Wars enough to give to care. Huh. Interesting. See, like that from a story standpoint and like a character standpoint, that actually might be one of my favorite things. That has come out of like the Disney era. Like, I really like that story. I love BD1. BD1 is my all time favorite. BD1 was cool. I, I will say this BD1 was probably my favorite thing about playing that game when you first meet him and how you meet right. him and all that stuff. I, I, yeah, I yeah. will say this BD1, fantastic. Everything else, I just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't grasp me enough. Right. Damn. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, and, the, and the same goes with like Horizon Zero Dawn. I do like. So, ev- I, Horizon Zero Dawn, I am way more like in agreement with you because like I couldn't finish that game either. And that was and then like this game came out when we were both like in college together. I'm so pretty, yeah. we probably talked about it where like I was actually really excited for get this game when it first came out. And I just never ended up getting it like when it first released. So I picked it up like years later and it just is boring to me like i the game loop isn't satisfying enough for me in hunting uh robot dinosaurs um like it mostly feels good for the most part like it's it's pretty dialed in but it's just like not stimulating enough and yeah you have to do it a lot it's not that stimulating it feels kind of tedious at times and the story wasn't like as like gripping as it should have been in the first like quarter like i left like that first like area and that's when i quit right it's like right after you're like spoiler alert right after your dad dies Right. And you start to go on your own. Oh, really? Quest. Like right after that? Holy It's crap. like right after that, I like start making my way up. I like climb one tall giraffe dinosaur. And I'm like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> That's hilarious. I got like quite a ways in. Um, and it, yeah, it's like there's just so much world building. And I never like uh cared enough to like actually keep track of what they were actually talking about i know there was like an extinction level event or something yeah um but like i just didn't care it was so much exposition that i just wasn't listening to and like all of uh aloy's like little dialogue lines here and there the sound design for me as well i don't know if my particular instance was just bugged or something but like the sound design was awful for my playthrough like you could hardly hear what Ayla was saying half the time especially in like any sort of combat scenario 
Um, so that was infuriating for me. Um, and then, yeah, I just wasn't gripped by the story and all of the cinematics too. Like, I'm glad they finally went with full motion capture, uh, and performance capture in, uh, the second one, because like the cinematics in the first one took me out of it every time. Cause it was just like cartoonishly bad animation of their facial like movements and their move, like their body movements and the game would glitch out half the time too. So like Aloy's hair would flip around in a 360 when she was talking to somebody. It was so awful. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But those are like two that I just could, I could do it. Hey, I, 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 no judgment here, Tony. No judgment here. Yeah. I, I think that's really about it for me. Like, I, I'm really content with like a lot of other games that I play, especially because I'm so like I, I I'm so like nitpicky now. Well, I say that I, I say I'm nitpicky. I think I've like beat my target of saying that I was going to play like 65 plus games this year. I think I beat that target. Nice. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, I think with that, I think that's pretty good. And we should start heading into our second topic of the day. Root is it's a big one, but it's all a lot of rumors yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that stuff speculation. because speculation but according to IGN yeah Nintendo could is possibly saying that they're going to release the, their new console in the second half of next year mm-hmm. and I think that's enough of a nugget for us to latch on to for some uh, <laughs> speculation because why not we love a little why not we, we we love some nuggets so obviously if, if they're saying that it could be as early as next year i mean i think that i realistically i think we're looking at maybe a 2025 26 even for the new console maybe yeah, maybe but maybe more around like i think we're definitely we are definitely getting closer to that i think 2025 i feel is like the more appropriate time frame to look at for right. nintendo to s- switch it up Ah, nice nice and obviously the new console will be called the new nintendo switch (laughs) yeah and then they have to do a new nintendo switch new nintendo switch sports i think at that point as the sequel to new nintendo switch sports (laughs) because i'm pretty sure that's what the title of that game is god already oh yeah so do, but the realistically, do we think it's going to be like a sequel to the Switch? Okay, so there's two schools of thought, I think. Nintendo has historically shaken things up time and time again between console generations. There's rarely ever been like a um, close iteration. I mean, like you could argue that the Switch is very reminiscent of the Wii U with like the the screen display with the controls on the side, right? But then it's able to transform into uh, like a, a home entertainment console type thing with a big screen. Yeah. But yeah, like it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they did something completely new. But the hope for me, I think ultimately the hope for me is that you're able to play your Switch library. Like I think... If nothing else, I hope they start embracing that backwards compatibility a yes, little bit more. Yes, definitely. Um, I feel like something like the Nintendo Switch Online or the Nintendo Online subscription uh, service could, in theory, be carried over. Well, I mean, they and said then- that in a recent uh, media briefing or like an actual like proper like 
meeting that they said that like this will be the first time like ever that we finally got a grip on the Nintendo account situation that like your Nintendo accounts will from this point onward are going console to console. No more need to like make new shit awesome. all the time now. Awesome. Okay. So yeah, like it, if that's the case and it's like a best case scenario type thing, then like any games you've digitally bought through the Nintendo marketplace is are like safe and they'll carry over in theory. That would um, be nice. It might might just depend on like the game itself if it like uh can run it or whatever um an optimization uh but yeah i think if if they don't do like an iteration on the switch where it's like a switch pro like so many people have been speculating uh then i would hope for backwards compatibility with the games because like they've done that in the past right where like you can play your gamecube games on the wii you can play your the Wii, uh, Nintendo. The Wii games on the Wii U, and then yep, you could do like your Game Boy Advance games on the GameCube with that like adapter thing, right? Um, so it's not like foreign territory at all. Uh, so I feel like they would they would embrace that to some extent, but yeah, yeah, no, I, don't I, know. I, I would think they, I think they would. I think what we might see, I think what would be cool is I think we might see something like sort of like the Nintendo sixty four double d okay which was an atta- okay so I, I it was called like the I don't, I don't think it was called the disc drive or it was something it was it was basically like you attached the, the, your six n64 to this other like device and it was like the only way you could play donkey kong 64 because of how big that game was um oh okay. so i think that if they i think they may do something where it's like you take your switch out of your dock and you just put it into this new thing. And it's mm. like this new thing can play like disc games or something. And you that know, with the, switch, with the switch in it, it can register that. Give it more storage for, uh, as well, please. Nintendo, sure. that's your one thing that you really just <laughs> give it more internal storage. Right. You really got to do that. I mean, I'm very thankful that they gave it a like an extra SD card slot or whatever. I mean, yeah, but it's the micro SD. It's a micro SD card too, and like, it's like, oh well, okay, gotta go get that. Like, you could have made it a normal SD card slot. Anyway, I think you could do that, so that way you could still like uh, you could still use the cartridges from your Switch, but then all the new games they put out with these discs things as well, mm-hmm. or you know, or you keep it cartridge based. You're called Nintendo. Um, yeah. But you do it like that, where it's like it becomes more of like a home console thing for these newer games, but you can still do your old games with uh, the Switch and normally. Right. Yeah, I guess that's one of the biggest questions too, right? Yeah, is that is the big question. To, now that they've got uh, this, they've got this hybrid, but I think that Nintendo really needs to focus more on the home console experience, just because performance-wise. It totally, dips yeah. sometimes when in handheld mode, especially with mm-hmm. a lot of the third-party games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and they've also kind of, you could argue, they've uh, given more attention to the handheld side with things like the OLED display upgrade and even just doing the Switch Lite yeah. uh, version, right? Uh, there's been a lot more love on the mobile side. And not uh, much for sure. love for the the, the 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 home the home play side. Yeah, exactly. Like they don't even sell extra docks, which is just mind blowing to me. Like I feel like that's such an easy play 
to make like because i would love to have an extra jock that i could set up back at my parents house anytime i'm like home for the holidays or whatever all i have to bring with me is my switch and maybe my pro controller or something and then i'm good to go right yeah that would be that would be smart so i think that i think realistically i think that's something that we might see is just this like grand dock for the switch to make it run so much better and like you got you can it's not just it's easy to slide in and slide out you like you gotta like plug it like you slide it in and like there's like it plugs into like this like grander device to help it run more effectively or whatever and basically upgrades everything i don't know if that technology really even exists well it would also be tough too because there's only one port on the switch right there's only that USB-C port or whatever yeah on the bottom so so. it would be interesting to see i think it would be cool because you're still kicking it with the switch and because another thing is what what would these new games be like if you go with a whole new console, okay, so you're gonna have to put the staples on there, uh, because at this point you've done so much with Mario Kart Eight. It's like, do you like with Mario Mario Kart Eight become mm, this whole grand true. thing now? That is like, do you make a new Mario Party game or do you just take the easy route and port everything over and then do another batch of just DLC courses? Right. Yeah. Yeah. With the big ones like that, I think it might make more sense potentially just to do something like that yeah so you, you do going. that for mario kart you break you bring over smash ultimate and you just have sakurai do like add like another like add like a, a group of a new group of base new fighters and then do the dlc thing again because people go lose go ape shit for that well i don't know i feel like i could totally see them just the starting over with another smash again I, I wouldn't don't know. be surprised. At I, all. I feel like that go like and it's like it is a big thing that irks me about fighting games is that when you have these big games that come out with these huge rosters and the next one only has like half of that, it kind of irks me a little bit because it's like, well, you had this more, I guess, like full complete game. Like in a big example, like I, I want to give a Street Fighter four to Street Fighter five is that by the end of Street Fighter four, like with all the DLC and whatnot, or the additions and whatnot, it was like God, like 30, 40 characters or something along those lines. And then Street Fighter Five had like half of that. And Street Fighter Five just isn't good either, so Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's it's a interesting topic because like there's so many different directions that could go um you're talking about like staple franchises like it's it's also difficult to think about like that right now having just gotten a new zelda right and like i mean we we still only have one really mainline mario game like we're technically getting a new one this fall but yeah like that we've only had one 3d Mario for this entire generation, which just seems crazy. Yeah. Um, so if we don't get one for the remainder of the switch life cycle, then we'll surely be getting one to launch. Which is why I, I'm thinking more that this becomes an addition. I, I feel like with this addition too, they could do more things like give us the GameCube virtual console and maybe mm-hmm. Add the motion controller and give us the Wii Virtual Console too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get that Wii Sports on there, baby. Like Nintendo could easily make a focus and make this like the ultimate Nintendo console. Yeah, 
Yeah, maybe. But they're they're always trying to like iterate and try new and different things, right? Like their whole mantra is play first, right? So I imagine that mantra leaks into their their design philosophy a lot as well, too, right? Yeah, um, but they also got to consider teams. Call of Duty now. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's more of a like they agreed with it, but they're not going to be putting a lot of effort into like doing that that's like okay microsoft you can you can uh, handle the load on that <laughs> that would be that wouldn't surprise me either really no that's very fair but it'll be interesting to say the least of what nintendo does totally yeah and i i definitely i feel like next year they might start i, I hope that with the next nintendo directs that come in the new year that we slowly start to see teases of what they're doing with the new console. Yeah. And that's yeah. if it's even true or not. Like again, yeah, this, exactly. this could this is all just because of a rumor rumored reports. Yeah. Exactly. That may or may not have actually been said. Yeah. The past like three years have been rumors and reports of, yeah, exactly. of them doing that. Exactly. So uh, it's a wait and see because we, we also like next year they have the Princess Peach game and oh, yeah. Dark Moon coming to the Switch. So it's like we have things that are planned for next year. So like are you like what what are you what are you gonna what exactly are you gonna do to like what what are you gonna do Nintendo? Are you gonna make this a hard console like home only and then have games run for both this and the Switch? And yeah. sort of do a Wii U 3DS situation what you had with treating the Switch more like the 3DS now? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to expand what the Switch can do by making like a pro dock or something? Yeah, I don't know, man. So many different directions. So many directions. Uh, and but Nintendo exciting can, nonetheless. Yeah, very exciting. Nintendo can only go up, which is why I'm happy to announce that only up is coming to the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> no, not true. Game Game Lounge exclusive. Game Lounge exclusive. You heard it here first, folks. Only up is coming to the Switch with all of its ripped off assets. Oh God! It's it's happening. <laughs> God, that would be a I I with how the Switch would perform that that would be funny and painful to watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that just is begging for people to. F- throw their switch across the room. <laughs> Nintendo did it on purpose to get some more monetary value of the switch repair things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, your joy con broke. Oh, don't worry. Send it in and get, send us uh, some, uh, a crisp Benjamin, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, well, I think that's a pretty good talk about the switch there that I think uh, I'd say it's safe to, to move on to the bonus level. A look ahead to gaming anniversaries, one-on-one debates, and weekly highlights. Here's this week's bonus level. Kicking it off at this week's bonus level, we got this week in gaming history from the 7th to 13th of August. Here's what happened in the past. And on the 7th, 2000, Lifetime Television aired the film The Truth About Jane on uh, the television in the USA. A Nintendo game system is heard being played but a Sega controller is shown. Oh no! They really dropped that. They really dropped that bag. They did. 
On the 8th, 2006, Nintendo held its 10th birthday Pokemon party at the Byron Park in New York City. Over 25,000 attended, include, and it included a giant flying Pikachu from Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. On the 9th, 2009, EA released the Beatles Rock Band for the Xbox 360 Play and PlayStation yeah, 3 in North that, America. Maybe. Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was an interesting one. It's like, oh, the Beatles get one? Kind well, of overrated. Any, any band is going to get one. I feel like the Beatles are a top contender for sure. <laughs> overrated. Well, sure. That's a different conversation, though. <laughs> <laughs> On the 10th, 1994, Square released Breath of Fire for the Super NES in North America. On the 11th, Square, in 1995, Squaresoft released Chrono Trigger for the Super NES in North America. On the 12th, 2011, Nintendo dropped the price of the 3DS from $249.99 to $169.99 in U.S. dollars. And on the 13th in 1991, Nintendo released the Super NES. Uh, for in the U.S., the price was $199.95. It included two controllers and Super Mario World. And now we get on to one of our newer seg- the new segment this season, Head to Head. Where we pit two video games against each other, and our guest picks the winner. Oh, okay. And so we okay. have a battle of perspective today. We sure do. I don't know if you, I mean, I don't know how you would have done this, but you're in luck because I very recently just finished Viewfinder. Ah, perfect. And I also played Superliminal for the first time in anticipation for Viewfinder. So that worked out perfectly because that is what it's Viewfinder versus Superliminal. Two games perspective, two games that I have platinumed. Oh, yeah. Nice work, Tony. Those are those are some uh, beefy well, I guess Superliminals was a lot harder because Superliminal has hidden chess pieces, hidden console. Yeah. It has hidden things. Viewfinder is just like, oh, do this. Oh, do this. Oh, do this. Right. Yeah, yeah. There, there, There's a longer list for Viewfinder, I think, but the the difficulty is definitely probably more difficult with um, Superliminal for sure. Yeah. So which one takes the cake here, Nick? Oh, man, it's tough. I had some thoughts about this. Uh and I think overall, like I would say Viewfinder probably uh, just because like there's more to it. There's like there, like I said, there's the bigger achievement list and more re- like uh, replay value in that, I would say. Um, arguably some replay value with Superliminal just because then you can go back and look for all those secrets and whatnot. Um, I think the... Superliminal has an edge up with tone and style. It feels very much in the same vein of like the Portal games and like the Stanley Parable, um, but also playing with the really fun perspective uh, mechanic. But I think Viewfinder just has a bit more of an edge. It keeps the like it's it's basically uh the same perspective arguably perspective puzzle mechanics throughout superliminal there's a couple variations here and there um but i think there is a little bit more variety in viewfinder for me um so yeah there the story is kind of blah in viewfinder personally it's really not that interesting uh but the actual puzzle design and puzzle mechanics are what kept me intrigued so and maybe it's a little bit of recency bias i think you get you get a little bit more 
uh, playtime out of Viewfinder as well, I think. So yeah, I think Viewfinder is going to get the edge on uh, Superliminal for me. Nice. Sadly, Dr. Glenn Pierce whispering in your ear could not achieve what he wanted to achieve. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I actually really liked that, uh, the message at the end. It was a very, like, it's a nice... really good message. It's a, it's a really good one. My favorite line is the hello name is Dr. Name is <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. the one where it's jumbled. I can't remember. Yeah. It yeah, off my heart, ju- yeah, but yeah. It's, it's like my favorite line in that. Entire he delivers game. it so earnestly. He does. <laughs> he really does. Uh, moving on to our deals of the week. Quite a few uh, on the list this week. Starting off, your epic free games are Loop Hero and Balloons Tower Defense 6. Those are free until August 10th. The Capcom fighting game sale is currently ongoing. Uh, is currently going on on Steam until the 7th. As well for Steam sales, the Wholesome Games celebration sale is going on until the 7th. The Tiny Builds Everything Must Go sale is... Uh, goes on until August 10th. The SNK Fighting Game Sale is goes on until the 17th. There's a QuakeCon Sale, Budget Bethesda Games on sale on Steam until the 16th of August. And the Sims 4 Buck Wild Sale going on until August 10th. All of those are on, St- on Steam, so you can go check those out. Get some discounts on some games. Hell yeah. The achievement of the week is in Baldur's Gate 3. It's Fetch Quest, which is to play Fetch with Scratch, the best boy in the realms. The game of the week is going to House Flipper VR, because Stray already got it when it came out. And lastly, our guest game recommendation. If there is one game, old or new, Nick, that you would recommend to the audience, what game would that be? Oh, uh, I played about 20 minutes of a uh, logic-based puzzle game called Word Factory on steam this morning uh that came out uh, a few days ago within the last few days um where you basically you start out with the letter i and you have to take these little factory pieces and basically chain together uh chain them together so you can create different letters and then spell out different words it's a really fun uh super satisfying uh uh art design and everything and i'm really enjoying the puzzle mechanics so far oh this looks a word factory I'm going to add this to my cart. This looks really cool. Excellent. Well, with that, that wraps up another day here in the Game Lounge, Nick. Hell yeah, brother. Woo! We did (laughs) it. We did it. Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, You can find me on YouTube.com slash at no score or your favorite podcast listening services for uh, new episodes of the No Score Review Show. I recently did, I don't know when this episode of the Game Land is coming out specifically, but I my most recent reviews as of this recording are the new Ninja Turtles movie, Mutant Mayhem. I did a solo review for that one. Um, but uh, otherwise, you can find me, talk with some guests, uh, and go in in-depth discussion and critique for movies like Talk to Me, uh, Cobweb. Those are two new horror films that came out this summer. Uh, you can also... F- uh, get my thoughts on the Barbenheimer craze. I did reviews for both Barbie and Oppenheimer. Um, so go check those out. I'll do a quick little plug for my Let's Play channel as well on YouTube at No Score Plays. You can uh, stay tuned for an episode of Word Factory because that's uh, what I was playing it for this morning. Uh, you can also, if you want to go see some gameplay of Viewfinder and Superliminal, you can go check out my channel for that as well. I do uh, mostly indie games and like puzzle game type videos so if you're into that or just want some nice chill uh background noise 
while you do housework or whatever, then definitely go check those out. Otherwise, you can check me out on all the socials at NoScore or at NoScore Reviews. And uh, yeah. And of course, you can find me at Tony's Game Lounge. That's to- at Tony's Game Lounge on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, Threads, and YouTube. Uh, be, stay tuned for more YouTube content. We're we're gonna be we after this season of the podcast, we'll be taking the rest of 2022 off to focus on YouTube. Uh, we've got like some videos in the can. We got some Street Fighter content coming your way. We've got more Minecraft content, Final Fantasy 14, some Sonic stuff, uh, maybe some played up. Don't we got we got a lot of things cooking and a couple things uh, in the pot stirring. So definitely look it out. Uh, our end watch, and of course you can also if you miss a stream, uh, you can catch it on our brand new VOD channel to at Tony's Game Lounge VODs or at Tony's VOD Lounge. Uh, so you can check out my playthrough of Endwalker, which has started, or just the Game Lounge crew fucking around in Pixelmon, and uh, that's where you can find me doing. That's where you can find find me Pixelmoning or Final Fantasying. I'm almost done Final Fantasy Fantasy 16. I can talk about that soon. <laughs> maybe by the end of this, maybe by the end of the season, you'll hear me finally talk about Final Fantasy 16. There you go. Something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. Nick, thank you again as always for coming Tony, on. Tony, thank show. you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another fantastic episode of Tony's Game Lounge. Tune in next week. Our boy Cole Parkinson. He's going to be joining us. And what's been probably like a two-year gap or something like that. Damn. What a hiatus. Uh, what a hiatus. The hype is real. He's, the hype is real. Be hype for Cole. He's coming back next week. And we'll see you guys. Be sure to like, share, follow the podcast, all those things. And we'll see you back here next week in the Game Lounge. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tony's Game Lounge. New episodes release every Monday. Be sure to like, share, and follow the podcast wherever you're listening. And follow Tony on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.